Well, eventually, four riders have broken away. It took a while, but there they are, the four riders in the rain. And look, that's, that's a bit odd. They've kind of basically stopped riding. They're just inching their way through the North York Moors as if it were a sportive of sorts, which in a way it is. But now all of a sudden it's started raining really hard and they're starting riding really hard and all of a sudden, wow, where's that time gap come from? Ineos Grenadiers chucking riders forward, DSM chucking riders forward, even Trinity Racing getting into the mix. The GB squad uh, playing a bit, of a, a bit of a waiting game, but they're losing the battle. It's going to be tight coming into the final kilometre on the outskirts of Sunderland. The four riders now looking at one another. Attack from Alex Richardson, attack from Alan Rich uh, Alex Richardson. Attack from Alex Richardson. Attack from Alex Richardson. None of them are sticking. But all of a sudden, whoa, where's that come from? From the boy, uh, what's his name? Camille Bonu. Thank you. Camille Bonu. Uh, with 300 metres to go, he's holding on. Is he going to take the win? Yes, he does. And in second place, across the line, Ben Perry from the Wiv Sun God team. He's picked up 14 bonus seconds on the line and there's a clear gap between him and the rest of the peloton coming over the line now being headed by Jordi Beus. That surely is enough to give him the leader's jersey. I suspect there'll be a decision that the commissaires will get wrong in the first instance and then have to revise and get correct a bit later. And that was pretty much the story of the day. That was. That was. I mean, Pete, we actually sent you a message, um, I think, in the I mean, not that we're, we have this kind of behind-the-scenes internal kind of intelligence, but we do. And we said, Pete, what's going on? And you were like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the perks, the perks. It was, it was mad. Because you had the, they averaged 52, 52 kilometers an hour for the first 20Ks. Even the World Tour teams were getting a little bit mixed up in the breakaways. Yeah, Bora Hansko were having a little bit of a pop, weren't they, today? Yeah. Trying to get... Um, no, not... Um, it was Shane Archibald and Niels Pollitt, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yep, and even in his Grenadiers were having a little... Punt around. Yeah, with Sheffield, Sheffield was off the front in a little yeah. group of four. Good to see. But um, but then eventually they cracked and four riders went off the front and it was all of a sudden the break was gone and they were rolling through sort of normally and then next thing we knew there was a counter attack behind from a St. Purin rider who had a rider up the front mm. was Alex Richardson and then the classic hierarchical kind of bullying of the peloton kind of yeah. they all overwhelmed him. And kind of was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's almost like Matt Winston's their DS. <laughs> it is. It's a good old Winston. Um, <laughs> and then the, then the next shot was back on the break, and it was Alex Richardson, and they kind of stopped riding. And he was talking on the radio. We have amazingly clear audio. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah, it was really it was really amazing. The, it's just the camera on the on the motorbike, and sometimes you can pick up what's being said. And Alex Rich, Richardson was saying a lot, yeah. and he was saying it quite loud. And it was quite... I mean, I don't know whether the DSs in the convoy could hear that. Well, it's or quite charismatic, that isn't being it, relayed. in day-to-day life in general. So imagine that he's on the Very. break, adrenaline, I'm in the break, tour of Britain. And, you know, it's accentuated it's <laughs> to another level. And I guess that's why you guys yeah. had it so clear um, <laughs> yeah, commentating. Yeah. Great, though. And so we, we couldn't comprehend. We were kind of discussing in commentary. Uh, maybe the St. Perrin rider who attacked behind didn't know that his teammate Alex Richardson was up the road and it was a mistake, but Lost that it. seemed quite hard to imagine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden goes back up to the, the camera on those four four riders, Alex Richardson's on the radio saying, go again, go again. And it was like, hang on a what? second. What's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> and then they just shut it down completely. Yeah. Tommy Verkler on steroids, kind of how to just <laughs> shut down a breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of mad. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh. And then all of a sudden it just turned into, for us, we had a very <laughs> well, an analogy that is commentating. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I did probably the wrong, wrong, wrong word to use, but um, we had then had an hour. What, Vaucler? Uh, steroids, probably. Oh, I see steroids, yeah, yeah. 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 Vaucler's yeah. entirely the right word that's to use, and steroids probably, uh, yeah, you're right, a really yeah. bad Which, which so Ned, bad, in, bad in turn, made it a yeah. great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clear <laughs> <laughs> <Vuckler> on steroids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> paints a picture, doesn't it? It paints a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so there was an hour where they were going. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing, Pete. <laughs> He's giggling. He's lost <laughs> it. He's lost it. Sorry, He's lost Sorry it. I'm back with you. The DS has lost it. <laughs> and then um, we had like an hour. They were just riding at 33 k's an hour. Yeah. And it was yeah. Just, 
painful. Yeah. How much could you see today, Pete? Because I know occasionally you get television pictures, don't you? Someone does in the car or yeah. they get it up on an iPad or I don't know. But could you see any of the yeah. ones today? Because you're in the middle of nowhere for a lot of the time. So on the information pads, um, some directors have two. <laughs> <laughs> I have one because I don't have enough money to buy two. And um, so, yeah, the, the, the one lower down would maybe be trying to stream the race so they can see what's going on. Because even if you're car 10, it's really difficult. You can just about see the back of the peloton. So it's really difficult to see if your team's at the front, how your riders are riding, and then the only information you have is on the radio. Um, so with my one information pad, I have Veloveer just in case Ian stops for a natural break, and then I have to go and take his place. And then if anything's needed or the riders need any information, it's quite important that even though I'm not involved in the race, I know where we're at. Do you know what I mean? So I can relay the information mm. to them. So it's quite important that even though I'm not doing a lot, I'm still up to date with what's happening. But then with that, I, I flick from that between that and trying to pick up um, you guys commentating. And at one point today, a lot of the time, it's been like listening to the radio because I haven't had pictures, but I've had um, your <laughs> your guys' commentary. So it's, it's ev- it's, it doesn't make any difference, honestly. Listening to you guys commentate, I don't even need the pictures. I know exactly what's going on. But at one point, it, it, oh, it, it, oh, it, nice. it's really, and it's really quite nice, actually, listening to it about the pictures. I don't know why. Um, but it dropped out. And then about three hours later, it picked back up. And I, I turned around. <laughs> three hours yeah, later. <laughs> I, I turned around to my mechanic, Toby, and I said, it's mad to think that they've just been talking about pretty much nothing for three hours, isn't it? And he goes... <laughs> Bloody hell, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, it that is. whole time that, I, that, you, that we'd lost reception, you guys were still commentating. And I was like, that's Chanter in a way, yeah. yeah. It is insane, Pete. But you know what? Despite the fact that, as David was saying, the average speed went from 52 to 32. Yeah, it was shut down, didn't <laughs> it? And they, and they were crawling up that first climb, Chapel Fell. I mean, they literally rode up there four abreast. Rain was coming down. Yeah, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. It was incredible. You know, just this was like that walking pace up the climb. I mean, I, I said in commentary, imagine all those fans. Seeing they must be, oh, the, the race will be coming soon. Let these guys go through first. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. This yeah. is a great, oh, hang on. They've got great opportunity, on actually, to talk about the Tour of Britain fans that we've seen on the road so far and how many of them have come up to me and said, love the podcast. I'm talking more people have come up to me about the podcast than that came up to me when I was a professional riding in the Tour of Britain. So um, I just <laughs> want to say I'm thanks sorry, for <laughs> listening and thanks for the enthusiasm because honestly, it's been every day and multiple people every day. I think it's amazing. And it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bonkers. But um, yeah, I just thought I'd slip that in there while we were on the subject of fans no, at the Tour of Britain. Pete, I, I just went um, just before dinner. I just took my because it's you know what days on the tour are like they're hectic and there's no it's noisy and it's like and I'm doing all the driving at the moment so I'm quite tired and I just wanted to get away. David had some work calls and emails to do so I just took a book and I wandered over Helmsley where we are where you, the race finishes tomorrow is absolutely beautiful little market town and I just wandered over to a pub across the road thinking I'll just nestle in the corner there and read a book um, for for half an hour and have a pint. And I, and, I, and I wandered in and I stood at the bar and I wasn't getting served, but there was a guy stood next to me. I could kind of tell him my peripheral vision was sort of looking at me in a funny way. And he eventually came across to you, you Ned, you Ned, do you do the cycling? And I went, yes, of course. And we had a quick chat and a photograph. Then another guy came across and his wife and we had another photo opportunity sort of thing. And then another chap who stood next to me, wearing, incidentally wearing a Chapter 3 T-shirt. Seriously? Yeah, literally. Yes. Um, very nice chaps, all of them. That he he um, he came up to me and he said, "You guys, I mean, honestly, your days are so long. What with handing over SD cards in <laughs> convoys and all that." <laughs> That's mm. mad, and I was isn't thinking, it? This is actually amazing. How many people are following our little journey? Yeah, through, I love it. It's through Britain. It's it's incredible, yeah, it's isn't fun. it? And I'd seen a sign today which you guys wouldn't have seen. It was quite small, and it said, "Thank you," something on the lines of "Thank you, ITV." So I thought that was pretty special as well. Oh, so right I think, well, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Good. Like uh, we love it, and yeah, long may it continue. Yeah. We pat Probably. ourselves on the back enough there. Yeah, but, um, but then yeah. So so should it's just good time to get um, Alex Richards to kind of explain tactics. I know. Well, Alex Richardson was very much that. So he's a really interesting character, Pete. I mean, I know. Do you know him a bit? I oh, oh I've got a great him? story about Alex Richardson. Um, Go on. He actually messaged story. me last 
October, just after the, my Wahoo video came out, where it, it made the impression that I might want to make a comeback. And he had this idea that we could just ride like together in a team, but it'd be our team. And we'd just have like all the best equipment and we'd just go to these races and just like, and we'd get sponsors through looking cool and winning races. And that was his like idea. And I was like, I, I, I think it's a great I idea. I love that idea, Alex, but I've got four kids at home and I need to pay the bills yeah, and I, ca- I can't do it basically. But he was like, he's, he's so enthusiastic, isn't he? Which is great. Yeah. yeah. So, so you thought instead of doing that quite sensible business plan and great idea from Alex Richardson, what you end up doing is actually being part of a podcast <laughs> from which you've earned, how much would you say so far, Pete, you've earned from this podcast? Put it into r- r- rough figures, round figures. Well, I mean, zero, zero, zero. But what I haven't earned in money, <laughs> I've earned in laughter and fun and banter. Oh, so mm. happy days. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good way of thinking about that's it. So you, I think, you know, yeah. we're a bit jaded. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, so we're just all about the bank balance, which is just empty. <laughs> yeah. but, but Pete's right. He's, remi- he's, he's reminded us of the p- whole point of the podcast. Which Let's is just keep you. doing it for the love. Just keep exactly. doing it for the love. And, it, it's, yeah. uh, it's like Al- it's, and then, in a way, it relates back to Alex Richardson. Because if you're doing it for a passion and love, then you, you'll, you'll succeed. Because he's th- in a similar way, he, that's what he's doing in cycling right now. Would you agree? So, so I mean, for those for those who don't know, Alex Richardson, and I hope you won't mind me saying this, is independently wealthy. You know, he's an incredibly successful stockbroker. Him and his partner, I believe, mm-hmm. um, they've made a lot of money. They're stockbrokers, and they've done very well for themselves. So, Alex simply does not need to be in this sport for the money, no. and he's not in the sport for the money. He's in it because, and I think we really saw that shining through today. That he absolutely loves it, and I think, you know, he finished. He got the bronze medal at the national championships this year in that amazing race that Cavendish ripped the head off, you know, and only two riders could actually be anywhere near him at the finish, Sam Watson and Alex Richards. He's a really good bike rider. Um, he, he had it, was it one year or two, David, with Alperson? Two. Two, two years with Alperson Fenix as well, yeah. as they were. And he's not young he's either, in his early I think 30s. it's worth putting out. I think no, he's in his early 30s, 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 yeah. 30s, 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 
you've outlined this split between the, the guys who are hanging on to their to their early 20s and the guys who are already planning to be 45 mm. and you know nothing in between but you in your life you've kind of done you've done you are absolutely i mean you you are you are a young very young 33 in all sorts of ways sort of um with your attitude and your enthusiasm and your sort of like in wanting to embrace new things and get on with it and you you know your interest in music your clothes and all this sort of thing but also you became a a, a, a dad very young and you've built a sort of like family and you're retired <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you've done you've had an amazing 30s thanks ned having retired. Yeah, it's so good <laughs> i haven't sat still so once Alex today but let's go back to the race well. back, back to the race yeah sorry Alex Richardson doesn't need to ride a bike for a living. He really doesn't. Um, but he was riding a bike for a living. Well, not for a living. He's just riding a bike today. And I think a lot of that is borne out by... And what I loved about it was I really enjoy it when you get a breakaway that you can focus on all day. And there's one rider, David. Mm. One rider who's decided to take it on themselves to just call the shots. Mm. Right? And a lot of what Alex is about to tell us, because I contacted him after the race and I said, send us a WhatsApp message and just explain what the hell went on today from your perspective. So he did. He sent me two WhatsApp messages. Um, so around about two or three minutes long. And he explains blow by blow what went on. And I'm quite pleased, David, that you and I, you know, despite all the rain on the lenses, we managed to kind of unpick yeah. most of the tactics here. Um, we got about 85% of it right. But there are a few details that Alex is about to reveal that I think are really interesting about the actual sort of granular detail about exactly who was going to do what in that breakaway and what the understandings were that eventually broke down. Hi, Ned. Yep, of course. So last night, the team and I were thinking about if it was possible for the breakaway to stay away to the line today. It was a little hit and miss. However, the ingredients were there for it just about to be possible, given the right combinations. Ideally, the breakaway would have been a little larger and we would have had two people in it. And when in the breakaway, it was clear there was a pretty substantial problem that two of them were 14 seconds on GC, where we as a team had purposely lost time on GC in the event opportunities like this arose. What was clear, however, was that it was really hard to get in the breakaway. So it was a strong group. So we had to think of how to make it work. I said to the breakaway, this is no good for me and I'm going to go back and reset the race. In the end, we came to an agreement. They would pull from in a crosswind section from 80 to 116 kilometers and they could take the mountains and sprints, jersey, points or whatever they needed to do. Uh, at 116 kilometers, they would then sit up and go back to the peloton, meaning I could have it out with what was eventually the stage winner. The first two hours, we rode super easy, knowing that the peloton would dictate the pace and the gap. Uh, that gap stabilized to roughly three minutes. And uh, as mentioned before, from 80 kilometers to 116, there was a crossing section where we needed to maintain or increase that gap. We rode full gas in this section. We got the gap up to five minutes. From here, once the, in inverted commas, once the bingo and canyon rider sat up, as agreed, it was a race to the line, knowing it was a tailwind with five minutes. Uh, that should have been more than enough with 40k to go. After bingo went back on his word, I said, I prefer not, I'd prefer to keep my integrity intact and not ride. I'm happy for, uh, to not be caught on that basis. So I sat on uh, the back of the group. The gap then diminished all the way into the finale and we were nearly caught by the main peloton. Uh, I tried to attack, but didn't really. Uh, I had good legs, but maybe not 100%. Um, and I sort of felt every time I clicked the gear, they were within a meter on my wheel and sort of marked and it was all a bit foreseen. Um, probably a lack of talent. <laughs> uh, all in all, a fun day and uh, I enjoyed uh, staying safe and I was very cold <laughs> so the deal was that um, Ben Perry 
was going to take those um, take those uh, sprint sprint points, the the nine seconds potentially, and then sit up. Well, that was never going to happen, whether was it? I mean, if the brake was then going to take it to the line, then why is he taking all those bonus seconds if not to take the red jersey? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's always going to ride. Miscommunication, on. David, wasn't it? Because you don't sit up; you sit on and let him take the stage win. You never yeah. sit up because it's GC and no, first and it's stage also win, isn't it? Never trust a bike racer. Yeah. It's kind of if you're in the race that if they're good they race, and when they got to the top of that climb where they were supposed to kind of because he, I mean, Alex Richardson he had a plan, and he actioned it perfectly. You kind of saw that 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 four man breaker who was so pedestrian. Uh, on, one question on action it perfectly perfectly. Why did he attack with twenty k to go? That's what I couldn't get my head no, around. No, not no, no, no. Not that all that bit he he couldn't handle. Oh, and sorry. I think it was that wasn't he. Uh, so I mean, when they got over the, the <coughs> final, uh, the last sprint. Oh yeah. Uh, he then he then just started driving, which was the crosswind kind of head cross bit cross, and he just went to the front and he was so active, and, yeah. And he was driving it, and that's when that's when all this, the gap was was built. That was the key moment in many ways. Yeah. That was the that was the make or break mm. moment. So yeah. That was when they 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 developed that mm. gap that was nearly five minutes long. And then there was this crazy kind of situation where it was sitting at 2 minutes 50, 2 minutes 55, and it was very difficult to tell kind of the perception because uh, you had Israel Premier Tech on the front, Remy Hollerstein and uh, Alex Dowsett. Yep. And it felt, and they were like, oh, they know what's going they on. Know, it's all under control. They, they're, they're matching just pegging it. it. Yep, yep. But at the front, it really looked like he was, he was driving it and he was in the, pr the majority of the work as his plan had said because what we'd overheard... Uh, like 25, 30 kilometers when they were doing their pedestrian moment and he was being alpha male captain of that breakaway, telling them we're not riding and this is what we're going to do. There's going to be a tailwind. When we hit the crosswinds, we go as hard as we can. Then we'll turn and have the tail. At 40Ks, we turn and we've got the tailwind. But we go hard in that section before. And that's what he did. He started hammering in that section and started taking the time out. And they were kind of rotating through, but they didn't drop off. And when they didn't drop off, because then I was questioning, then he turned onto the tailwind bit, and he just sat on the whole time. And I was like, why is nobody complaining? Uh, yeah. Makes sense. Because, yeah. It, and nobody's complaining, because obviously he'd said, well, you guys said you were going to yeah. go. Yeah, that was the so deal. So it's true. Yeah. You've, Must, now, yeah. you've been the snakes. You got greedy. Yeah, All you got makes greedy, sense. so I sit on now. Yeah. So that's yeah. so true, yeah. yeah. So that's actually what happened. Yeah, and then that's but, actually what happened. But Pete, I've got a question for you, because I think an, an absolutely fundamental thing happened on the race today that's quite technical in a way but it, it actually produced the results that in the end the breakaway just stayed away and that was for quite a lot prolonged periods the time gap on the screen on the television coverage disappeared mm -hmm. it mm. went from this two minutes it went from two minutes 40 it vanished off the screen we didn't know what it was race radio wasn't being very informative and the next time that race radio snapped back into life because we're listening to it uh, uh, as well mm -hmm. it suddenly said with about 45k yeah. to go it yeah. suddenly said and the time gap is four minutes 30 yeah we, we uh, uh, and the whole race went hang on what yeah yeah it's insane um is that what happened in the convoy as well were you all going hang on what exactly exactly the same yeah um the, that was the next time gap and because for some reason our, our race radios scan so they pick up all the frequencies around the race so we get the the commissaires chat throughout the race that I don't know even if they must know that other people can pick it up but I, I don't see why you'd so for instance on the first day they were talking about the combativity prize and saying oh, oh the French lad's been good hasn't he and it, and then someone else trips in and he goes oh but is there a British lad in the break and I'm thinking you must know today someone's going on about oh my lunch was brilliant and the guy goes oh what do you have oh this absolute massive slab of sausage roll is brilliant absolutely brilliant <laughs> and like, all stuff like this and I'm thinking oh, you can't, this is so unprofessional so and then you hear them talking right uh, take a time check now as you pass like a certain whatever it is on the side of the road and i don't know i don't know if they just got if they got distracted for mm. 10k and didn't think to take a time check because they were too busy talking about the lunch or what but it, that's literally all it took though was was 10 15 kilometers for yeah. that gap to, to to increase by two minutes and unfortunately two minutes? unfortunately yeah. that's all it takes from commissaires to switch off for 10 kilometers and not give a time check for the race to completely change mm. and no disrespect to the commissaires because they have a lot on their plate and they do a great job. But 
you've got to be you've got to be on the ball with the time checks. They need to be at least. So, I mean, so when there's a break. But then my next question. Yeah, go on. It's just on that one, Pete. Is and it's always easy when you're outside the race because at that point you had the, the deluges of rain. It was like a monsoon out there at times. <laughs> it was, it was wild. So which was the perfect? It was like literally the perfect storm. Pardon the pun for it to work mm. from it jumping from 250 to 430 yeah. rainstorms kind of the wind starting to change and all of a sudden that breakaway of four riders it was the the perfect set of circumstances what blew my mind was that no one in the peloton like Ineos Grenadiers eventually caved in but even Israel Premier Tech didn't go it's four minutes 30 if we don't add another rider to this we just go we got to go now oh, this is my like, mind. we got to chase immediately sprinters teams and I, I was just blowing my mind it took them 15k DSM 15Ks, and it went up to five minutes, yeah. and DSM did nothing. Even Great Britain. And then eventually, even Great like, yeah. Why, why didn't Great Britain what, what do anything? Doing? Do you know what I mean? It's like, be proactive. That's what, and Jake Stewart, then again, yeah, Jake Stewart kind of wins a sprint behind, mm -hmm. and he would have been brilliant. No, he, no, he's finished second. He but finished still, second. Yeah, yeah, but still. Yeah. Yeah. So even at this point, I was thinking, win, as soon as that gap was, when we when it went up to 4.30, if I had a team that was capable of helping to bring, the, and had a rider who was capable of even getting on the podium, I'd be like, one if not two riders because if not it's not going to happen yeah. because what's the point there's no point in sprinting for third place there's no point yeah so i, I, d I, I agree f it's flabbergasting isn't it the tactics yeah, it's flabbergasting and what was really interesting Ineos grenadiers then started to take it over that was a gc that was a gc that made a big difference very thing though, wasn't it that was about the gc not the stage yeah, of course, it yeah. of course it was. So they were coming to the rescue yeah. of everyone at that mm. point. You know, they yeah. were just like, and themselves, okay, yeah. we'll do the they race then. To, yeah. So I got, yeah, so I got a psychological kind of thing on this. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I think the fact that Indians Grenadiers saved their race, but they saved the race by doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, no, and no one chipped in. And they even asked DSM, give us another rider. They had one rider up there and they said, give us two. And then Israel Premier Tech just crumbled and disappeared. And you, they still had Dylan Toynes. And Mike Woods, who could have ridden, yep. who are fantastic riders. I think in his Grenadiers tonight are going to be pissed off. And it's like, you know what? We did it yesterday. We did it today. Now we go on the mm -hmm. offensive tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Because if they're just going to look at us, yeah. it's like, for, like, forget about it. Because oh, th they also know that if they go, there's no nobody's going to rally to chase, mm -hmm. judging by the last couple of days. Yeah. So they now happen. know. It's like... Switch the tactics yeah. now. We control the race. Tomorrow is arguably the hardest, hardest stage. It is the hardest Let's stage. Let's go on the offensive. They're talking yeah. about that around the dinner table before we've even mm. had this podcast, I bet. Because also, mm. I reckon tomorrow there is a section where in the middle of the stage, if you ride like Ineos can, and they won't ride progressively, they'll just hit it. And there's a 40k section yeah. where it's up, down, left, right, consistently, and they'll just get to the front and they'll just go bang. And the group will be 40 riders straight away. And then from mm. that, you'll see the groups of six and seven, five develop, which you'll see at the finish probably. Um, but there's, there's that middle section where they're going to demolish the peloton as a team. And even maybe even Bora Hansgrove have got a lot to, to prove and do at this race. And they've got good riders to do it as well. Yeah. Because yeah. they've been very I mean, silent. Yeah. They did. So that's interesting, isn't it? Because there will be more, more opportunities to sprint. In this race, I think they're not in it for the GC. No. I think that's fairly apparent, he, he, isn't it? Like, like Neil's Pollock rode for the GC today, not for the sprint. I think. Yeah. Oh, you think he rode for GC? I think so. Yeah. But but Jordi Mayos, his sprinter, He's won the won the won well, the sprint. Yeah, minor I know. I've seen that as well. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But I think they've got a couple <laughs> of riders who can, with Ineos, you know, explode the race tomorrow. With the with the with the with the parkour yeah. as well, it's completely different to what we've seen on the last uh, three stages. Like it's yeah. twenty. So what, one of the climbs too. is twenty five percent for the steep, uh, uh, steepest, and then with that you've got the descents. Mm, so it's like you've got twenty percent descents, twenty five percent climbs. There's no time for relaxing because when you're on the descent, you're so f ultra focused, holding the wheel. You can't make any mistakes. There's no room for hiding or riding the wheels. Um, it's going to be. Yeah. It should be full on going to be good. David, I think I think one of those climbs that Pete's talking about is that one we've seen repeatedly on the Tour de Yorkshire when yeah. they climb out of Whitby. It is. Oh, right. Robins, yeah. Robins, yeah. Robinson Hood or Ro Robin, Robin, Rob, Rob, Robin, Robin Hood's Bay? That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's out well, of Whitby. Yeah. That's, that ripped the that's race a pieces. proper, that's a, I mean, always on the Tour de Yorkshire, mm -hmm. that yeah. was a completely decisive climb. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one that has it. Yeah. plateau afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Over there on the plateau. Yeah. Yeah. It's windy. It's and that's just one of them as well. 
Yeah. Oh, tomorrow's going to be great. So it'll be good. Um, yeah. But it is. But what about? Sorry. What What about the whole business with um, the timings? I don't know whether you were kind of like I know yeah. I know you know you're interested in what happens to your your rider, but at the finish line, Ben Perry, okay, from the Canadian rider who, who spent a year with Astana, he's had a you know a difficult transition to make in his career, I guess, dropping from World mm. Tour straight down to Conti Tour and kind of, you know, Conti level and racing in the UK. He's a super good rider, though, and he's very strong today. And he's picked up eight seconds at the intermediate sprints. He knows that if he picks up another six seconds by finishing seconds, he's wiped out his 14 seconds deficit on GC. And all, he, all that's required thereafter is to take a gap, a gap. is to yeah. win by a gap. It, can, it mm. only needs to be a second. And he does that. He wins by a handsome gap. It was I mean, obvious. He, it was an obvious timed gap yeah. to the bunch. And the commissaires somehow managed to put the Strange, wrong rider on the podium and like then correct the, the result um, afterwards. Transponders they have oh, and tech. all the information they have yeah. at their feet. Um, but they, I've never seen that rule yeah. Im- implemented either by the commissaires where it's an actual rule in the whatever it is, commissaire handbook is like 4.0345 rule where you do that to change the result. So there's actually a rule in the yeah, handbook I mean, where you can go in and look at it again, and they had to implement that rule in order change to change it, which I've yeah. can't remember ever seeing that yeah. in the last well, 15 years of, of mm. my so career. I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm slightly because you know we've basically been driving and commentating and then rushing to have dinner and stuff, so I'm not entirely completely sure that everything I say is going to be 100% accurate. But I think the spirit of the point is this: that relatively recently. The rules were changed that um, if there is a split in the peloton at the finish line, um, it has to be three seconds for it to be determined as a split. Uh, okay? okay. So what the commissaires did was they timed the fourth rider from the breakaway who finished fourth. Yeah. They timed the gap from him to the guy who won the sprint, Jordi Meus, and it turned out... And this is why it took so long to determine the decision. It turned out it was 2.97 or whatever seconds and it wasn't quite three seconds. Mm. So they gave everybody at the front of the race the same time. And therefore, Perry was denied his moments. And then they subsequently looked at that and went, but that rule only applies when it's a split in the peloton, not when you've got a breakaway, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, up, up, up front, who've know. been out there all day. And so it was a really kind of like, well, we live and learn in this sport. We're yeah. constantly trying to kind of like Always. work out new situations. But it was really disappointing, I think, that, that I really disappointed that Ben Perry chances are, you know, he may be able to defend the jersey tomorrow, but it, there's a likelihood that he'll lose the jersey tomorrow and he'll never have that moment, you know, where he can say, I was on the podium, took the jersey. I but it's not just that. I think that reel's ridiculous. It's not just nostalgia. Do you not, David? One second is a split I do, I think. in the peloton. That's a split. One second is a split. Second's That's a what second. we lived with. It's so like people have so won the tour by four yeah. seconds. Yeah. Three, was it four seconds? So, so the rule is, if you're, if, you're, if you're chasing, so this is why, and just to give a, a racer's perspective, it's when you're coming to the finish and it always happens worst in the last week of Grand Tour, people just start sitting up randomly. Yeah. Out of respect to the people behind you, you've got to keep closing the gap in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Oh. Because if you just let, because it's all, it's timed from the back wheel of the person who crosses the line to the front wheel of the next. And if there's a one, if the used, well, there used to be a one second gap between those, then it's taken from the front, the front wheel rider of in that group. group. Yeah. Which yep. could sometimes be so that one second seven gap seconds, could, nine could seconds, seconds yeah. or sometimes twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Size of the group. Yeah. So it, out of respect, and it used to frustrate me so much when you saw riders oh, coming in. Don't get me and started. In the last five hundred meters, just flaking out. Yeah. Because it was like, dude, that's going to cost us twenty, thirty seconds if you can't hold that one second. Hold the second. Yeah. Because that second is for all of us. Yeah. 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 It's really weird. The whole, it's such a weird yeah. thing, yeah. and I'm not sure what the answer. It's is. just cycling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what Pete, I was just saying to Ned, how mad is it that you're a DS, we're both ex-World Tour riders, Ned's world's leading commentator, and we have to have these conversations about the rules. <laughs> because Ernest, that's not belittling kind of the commissaires or the UCI rules. It's so complex. It is. Yeah. And it's very difficult to make it simple. And I think they've made it as simple as they can. But it's not consistent. It's not a simple sport, is it? Or it's not. End of, basically. No, it's so not. So many variables and stuff. No. Oh, it's just... It. Yeah. Which I, I think, I mean, this is very bike racing heavy. Oh, it is. It actually is. We've gone deep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good, because we, we did a lot of random stuff yesterday. Yeah, we did. Yeah.
so we can switch it around. I went there. to the um, I went to the media lounge actually this morning just before we went on air, grabbed a, a cup of tea, and the lads up there were listening to the podcast, and I interrupted their listening of the podcast. They said, "To be honest, that's fine. You can interrupt it because we really enjoyed the first ten or fifteen minutes of the podcast when you're talking about the 12th century Scottish <laughs> nice. uh, dynasties." And then you started talking about cycling now, so we're kind of zoning yeah, in a bit. Yeah, bored. We're bored. <laughs> <laughs> bored now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't. Have, we didn't do enough history on Durham to talk about Durham, did we? We didn't. We didn't go to Durham. No, I mean, no. But that's the point. We didn't. You go. went. Ah, but no, no. But Durham. Did you get a view of Durham Cathedral at all today, Pete? Did you see that in the distance? I don't know where the race started from. Can't quite. Started in Durham. Yeah, can't remember. To be honest. Did you see a great big building uh, uh, that looked like a, no. an enormous church? No. Um, no, no, no. I but was it was nice it was very strange actually because <laughs> it's the first stage that we haven't been in Scotland. Yeah, back in England, man. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we're back in England, and I was like, it does feel different. How's it feel? Well, you're not from England, though, are you? No, 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 no. Manx born and bred. <laughs> Did, <Yeah. laughs> can you not yeah. tell? Chip on my shoulder, small man yeah. syndrome, mouthy <laughs> attitude. <laughs> 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 All the makings of a good maxman. No, the race, the, the, I mean, the, the country you went through today, I thought was amazingly beautiful. It was a terrible shame about the weather. But um, Durham is an, an, incredible, an incredible city. And that cathedral, that Norman cathedral that was built, they started building it in the 11th century, is, I mean, uh, uh, by far, actually, mm. my top two cathedrals in the UK, I'd go Durham and Lincoln. Not because of Lincoln's architecture, but because of where it sits. And you'll know that, Pete. Have you ever raced the Lincoln Grand Prix? A couple of times, yeah. Twice. Did you win? No, I, you I won, won the Lincoln Grand Prix once. I did the Nationals there once. Oh, you? yeah, yeah, the Nationals. Was that the year you won? Yeah. No. One of the years you won. Yeah, it was. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. This is you being humble again, isn't it? This <laughs> is a bit like the Vuelta team. I'm playing up to you, Ned. Yeah. Um, I know you yeah. Did you? Yeah. Uh, did you speak to Gary Becker about his um, road trip around Spain on his Harley Davidson? So no, th- not th- yet. Just, just as we're on cathedrals, so he it was the mosque that he'd he's been dying to go to, and he learnt that I don't know if he learned it on the way or beforehand, but it got taken over by Christians at some point in the yeah, history. Yeah, most of southern Spain. And Cordova, they left, like they left the the mosque yeah. and built a cathedral inside the mosque. Yeah, and he he it's was cathedral, Cordoba. Oh yeah, Cordoba, so he was Sevilla. yeah. It's funny, yeah, because yeah. he was just like you know what Gary's like straight to yeah. the point. Yeah. He was mesmerised. He was just like, wow. Mm. So I got. Yeah, but Pete, the three. Sorry, to come yeah. to this in a second, David. But the three, you know, the three. The point about sort of like Middle Eastern and and you know Mediterranean and therefore European history mm-hmm. is that the three Abrahamic faiths. Yeah. So Judaism, Christianity in all its various different forms. You know, whether it's Protestantism, Catholics, yeah. you know, whatever, and and Islam, um, all. You know, are sourced from the same Old Testament stories. They share the same lineage. They're yeah. not. It's not like a, a completely different school of thought. So they are branches of the same it's of the same religion, and they're all intertwined. Yeah, it's mad. And I also actually had a conversation with my mechanic on the on the way to stage two, and I was like, imagine because we got onto the onto the topic of like um, Scorsese films and uh, who's the other one, uh, Tarantino, and I was like, mm-hmm. someone. I was like. We talked about God for some reason and Jesus. And I was like, God's a bit of a stallion, isn't he, with his long hair? And and I was like, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> he literally, like, walked up this mountain with a cross on his back and then just... Yep. And I was like, surely there needs to be a film made about the Old Testament. Or the New Testament, yeah. sorry. Because it'd be epic, wouldn't it? Well, if you put it in... There have been a few, been a few down the years. Yeah, I Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, nope. Star Wars. Oh, like 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 or like a score. Scor- is it Scorsese or Corkate? I think Scorsese, Scorsese did. Scorsese did one. Did he? He did one. Oh, so I'm late to the party. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Might ring a bell. Yeah. With um, oh no, it was Mel Gibson that did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one though. Isn't Could you it? imagine Jesus around yeah. the the table of all his disciples, like the last party before he, get, you know, gets a cross on his back and goes up, and it's just going mad. Do you know what I mean? Like Pulp Fiction style. <laughs> like it'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> where's, Ju- where's Judas gone? Am I Russell and Feathers here? Or should I? Should I <laughs> no, 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 I'm just thinking. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just thinking. You'd be like at the party. It's like, where's that? Where's it? Where's Judas gone? Yeah, is he? Uh, someone, why is he someone out? just comes. <laughs> in, someone just comes in with like an AK-47 and says, "Jesus, my man, you ain't going on that cross tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> be like, <laughs> what's that film called? Um, 
Hollywood Story. Or oh, yeah, with Brad Pitt. Of, yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> so, so just going back to Durham quickly, because I read this one we'll kind of okay. briefly there. This is super I'm cool. I'm done with Jesus yet. I've got you, know, you can come back. Jesus, well, this, yeah. is, this yeah, angles you back Jesus. into it. So, so because Durham was so far north and so far away from Westminster, it was the bishops there were called were bishops by divine providence which means they had extraordinary powers let me just get this right here because this is amazing so so far reaching were the bishop's powers that the steward of bishop anthony beckham and the blah blah there are two kings in england namely the lord king of england wearing a crown in sign of his regality and the and the lord bishop of durham wearing a mitre in place for a crown they like so the bishops of durham were essentially the kings of the north Wow. Oh, wow. So they were supposed to defend England from Scotland. Yeah. So they could they could raise armies. They had huge amounts of money at their disposal and all all seeing power. Ned. So that's why Durham's so magnificent. Did you just have a flashback of the Tour de France where David gets in his zone of reading the um, the book like the Our Holy Grail the history, history book? book. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. lo- I'm I'm loving it, Pete. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. I do get. I'm getting flashbacks to the Tour de France. Oh, it's so funny, wasn't it? Was it last night or the night before where we were? We were communicating by WhatsApp, um, uh, you know, after we'd recorded the pod about uploading it. And you and me, Pete, had exactly the same thought. We were going, oh, we need to get the pod up. It's quite late already. Um, oh, but it's all right. It's 11 o'clock, so it's only 10 o'clock oh, in yeah. the UK. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's, it's, just no it's a bike race. It ca- it's got to be oh, an hour ahead of the yeah. UK. <laughs> Our audience is going to be fine. It's not late It'll for them. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's not late. <laughs> It's so strange. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, but going back to so going back to Durham, David. Um, you know, even before the cathedral was built in the, so obviously before that, um, the the monks from Lindisfarne escaped the Viking invasion, and that's the whole Lindisfarne myth. They set up a monastery on the island of Lindisfarne, mm. off into the North Sea, to to protect themselves and keep their faith going. You know, against these heathen mm. raiders. Mm. And so then they came back and established um, the foundations of the church and that grew into the monolith that is Durham Cathedral which is mm. just a, it's an amazing place yeah but um, what was the point I was going to make about Jesus oh yes um, <laughs> do you remember I, do you remember when I was in Germany and I went to church yeah do you remember yeah. that, that yeah, podcast yeah. episode the, the, the whole theme of the, the sermon and that, that particular service that Sunday morning was it, to translate from the German phrase the theme was um, there's a phrase in German which literally translated mean, means no crow no, sorry, no cock, as in cockerel, no cockerel will crow after you, right? And that's a really bad translation. It's an idiom that doesn't exist in English, but it basically means... What does it mean in German? Uh, kein Kahn... Uh, no, no, uh, oh God, you've got me on the hot bar. Kred nach dir. But I've forgotten the name for a cockerel. Anyway, um, uh, uh, and it just means you're not that important. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. You don't matter. Yeah. Right? And it's a, it's a kind of an insulting thing, right? If you say... David, it's quite liberating, honestly, though. No, cock- no cockerel is going to crow after you, right? It means it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it goes right back to the Bible, that story. And it was um, St. Paul, was it? Or St. Pe- Peter, who three times denied Christ before the cock crowed. Oh, I don't say which one. Yeah, because basically, you know, it was a death sentence. If you said, were you in the garden with Jesus? Because they'd arrested him and sentenced him to death. Were you in the garden with him as well, Pete? And you say, no, I, no, I wasn't actually. <laughs> and they say, you sure? They say, no, I wasn't. No, it wasn't yeah, me. It wasn't me. Are you sure? And it's like, no, it really wasn't me. I'm all right. And then, then, the cockerel, because it was at dawn, mm-hmm. the cockerel crowed, and Christ had told him, "You will deny me three times." Three times. I've heard the story. Before the yep. cock, before the before the cock crows. Yeah. Right. Before the cock crows, and there's a really it, the, the 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 vicar made a really good point about why three times. Why does it matter that it was three times? And but three times is absolute certainty, isn't it? Because you can make mm. a mistake. We all what? make mistakes. Yeah. I made a mistake in commentary the other day when I didn't identify Corbin Strong or Matthew Globe, yeah. right? Um, That's your but, second. You know, is it was that was that was that Michael Woods? And I go, yes, it was. Yeah. Was that Michael Woods? I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. Was that Michael Woods? And if I say yes, it was again, I've got it wrong. Yeah. So that's certainty. But yes. there's three. You know, you can make a mistake once, maybe twice, mm-hmm. but three times. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You're out of. You're out of chances. That's interesting. You're out of chances. How many times are you going to deny me? Yeah. Yeah. Three times. That's enough. That's proof. Yeah. You're out. You're out. It's like what yeah. um, it's my really grand said. Really three, three, three is the magic number. Three is the magic. When number. we rang her up in um, Maidstone in the Tour de France one night, and we yeah. said, you know, she's yeah, in her eighties, and we said, what is the one 
um, piece of advice you could give me and David. And she said, always forgive. Always forgive. And she said, forgive. You can give, forgive someone once and you can forgive someone twice, but the third time, they've had it. But she said, always, always give people a second chance. And it's quite interesting because it, it almost like relates to, to, to that rule of the Bible. Um, Absolutely. I, I, yeah. And also, like, I've yeah. got a really good mate, and one of our philosophies over the last couple of years is sometimes when you, you think times are tough and times are hard and you're stressed, you just look at each other and go, do you know what? It just doesn't matter. Because it just doesn't mm. in the grand scheme of things. And I also had another epiphany on the way to the stage today um, about my job as a director. Because I've been go trying on. to understand why I enjoy it and why I, I like it and what it gives back to me. And I just realized today that this life that I'm living now is the life that I've lived since I was 10 years old, going on the boat, packing my yeah. bag, going to the Manchester Youth Tour, you know, mate. under 23 races, and then 10 years as a pro. And it's like, this is, this is what makes me feel normal, being on the road, living out of a suitcase, mm. going to the start of a bike race, being in the bike race for five hours, getting back to the hotel, dinner, bed, mm. do it again. And then it just clicked. I was like, that's what it is. That's, it's, it's this sense of, it's not like, coming home or purpose but it's it's what feels you've done it your whole life you don't know any different it's almost like institutionalized isn't it it's, mm. and it's I only, only realised that on the way to the start today which is quite weird but yeah. so, so just to jump as we I want to just before you move yeah. on and Han that's a cr that's a, um, a cockerel in German okay because that really annoyed me that I'd forgotten it and Han and Huhn is a, is a female chicken and, and Han is a male chicken a cockerel yeah. Um, so I went through this phase about 20 years ago about Christianity, all these different things, and I was fascinated by Islam. There's an amazing book for our listeners called No, no God But God. Oh, yeah. Right. I've read right. that. Reza right. Aslam. Yeah. yeah. And it's the most fantastic It's book an amazing book. Because an introduction to Islam. Yeah, because yeah, that's where the correlations book. between the, the core values of Muhammad yeah. and Jesus yeah. were so similar. That's where I drew that whole sort of thing about that, yeah. that absolute sort of penny-dropping moment yeah. about the Abrahamic faiths having yeah. the same roots. It's exactly yeah. the same. So Incredible. Muhammad and Jesus yeah. had exactly the same ideas yeah. about what to do, yeah. but then it got turned into these different beasts. No God but God. Reza Aslam. I also had a fear about Adam and Eve. And it was the apple, wasn't it? And the the the, the snake, wasn't yep. it? Um, and yeah. And how God created humanity, and He created everything. But they had everything they wanted, uh, but they could not avoid this luscious apple. And but then I was like, actually, no. He created exactly what He wanted because that is humanity. Because no one can no one can say no to the luscious apple really in life. Or if they do, they have to sustain so deeply not to do it. And in a way, I thought, actually, no. That's he didn't create humanity not to do that. He created humanity to actually do that. Does that make sense? Mm. This is at yeah, like nine a.m. on the way exist. to a, a stage start. By the way, <laughs> it's completely no, random. No, 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 no. Pete, it's true because it's, uh, it's the idea. That is it's humanity. The, isn't the it? idea of that there's contrasts, kind of, and that's you're supposed to battle those those demons yeah. and those. And how boring would life be if, if that wasn't if that wasn't the case? Yeah, that would be called a dystopia. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, we're going. The, we're on a big yeah. tangent now. David's got yeah. his big words out that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it's true. No, it's, it's it's interesting. All right. Now I want to finish by just asking you both the same question. Are you enjoying the tour of Britain, David? It's your experience, I, uh, first I experience, am. like of it's broadcasting it, and your second experience of the race. Full stop. I'm fully. In, I don't think you've seen me had a bad moment, have you? I've not done any of my kind of. No. No. No, at one point in the commentary today, because we sit at these very high, this hi very high table with these very elevated, almost like bar stool chairs that mm. have got a kind of like lever that you can raise them up and down. Just jokily, you lowered yours right down, so you <laughs> kind of like an almost eye level to the table. <laughs> and I was really jealous because it looked fun. <laughs> it was I couldn't fun. get my chair to do the same thing, <laughs> yeah. and then I lost it. I had to, I had to button off because <laughs> yeah, I just did. lost it. I completely got the giggles, which is something I haven't done with you before. Don't <laughs> oh, so yeah, you're enjoying you're enjoying the commentary. I am enjoying. It. No, I great. came here with. We're knowing exactly what it would be, and it's it and it's exactly that, <laughs> and it's exactly that. But the racing's been good, yeah, and it's been good, and it's yeah. good to see the whole old scene, and it's been good having Pete around as well on the other side, yeah, and, it's been and doing yeah. these kind of help, yeah, yeah. So no, what I'm about your it. what about your tour of Britain, Pete? Actually, like David, it's my second tour of Britain as well. One in the race and one wow. working on the race, so got more in common than we think, David. Oh, that we know. <laughs> but we've got a lot in common, haven't we? But um, yeah, yeah we've got a lot in common. Yeah, uh, it's been great. 
loved it so far. Uh, I, I hope my the racing's been except for today that was exciting, and the headwind hasn't helped on the other the, the stages beforehand. But I hope tomorrow we see some real fireworks from the peloton, and it's less controlled. That's yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Um, so a little bit yeah. of insight just before you go. Uh, are you, is Trinity Racing going on the offensive? Yeah, go on. Go on. No one's listening to this pod. True. Um, yeah, everyone is trying to get in the break except Globe. Nice. Okay. okay. So he's, he's following who and Ineos? Yeah, he's going to do what he can and try and go with the, yeah. the main GC guys, so to speak. Okay. That's going to be so hard for him. It will. Yeah, it's a lot he of pressure on him, but <laughs> it's what he needs. No, I mean, hard in the sense just holding himself back. Oh, yeah. He crashed today as well. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, 3k to go. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Ah, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, talking about crashing. Oh. Roglic. Oh, did it again, didn't he? No. Oh, did it again? Yeah, it oh, was boy. It was glorious, Pete. It's kind of, it was coming in for a bunch sprint. What's going on Quite there? a steep climb just after they go through a 3k banner. There's yeah. a nice steep climb, about 800 meters. Slap. He just comes, no, no, he comes flying oh, out of Oh, when there. he attacked, yeah. It was insane. I mean, he rides away from the bunch, doesn't ask for any help. Only four riders go with him, super hitters. And like Pedersen, um, uh, Danny Van Poppel, Fred Wright, Fred Wright, wow. of course. And they, they, but but they were all and, and he had two. Is Fred Wright for the, the people in a race scenario in terms of for the the stage in the like in the in the finale, literally in the well, finale. That, in the that's final. Yeah. that's a step yeah. up, isn't it? He's going to win Robert. the world championships, isn't he? At this rate, like that would be his maiden win. Well, his trajectory at the minute is is through the roof, isn't it? That's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, so. Roglic just drives it the whole way there, doesn't look back once. In the meantime, Remco's had a puncture, kind of, but it's inside 3K, so he's not going to lose time because it's not qualified as a summit finish, we think. Um, but then Roglic, he takes it all the way to 300 metres to go, peels off because uh, Pedersen's on his wheel. Pedersen just launches a sprint. He then kind of swings out, then swings back in, and literally swings back in and hits a rider and falls on the floor. Did he hit a rider? Oh, yeah. he's, nev he's okay. never... 90, 90, meters, yeah. 90 metters to go. No, no, no team to sweep back yeah. around, has he? No, he yeah. hasn't, Pete. That's he really slapped down as well, and He's that might be the end of his world. Oh, no way. Oh, there was yeah, blood yeah, yeah. everywhere. Oh, no, really bad. Oh, knee yeah. injury, his right knee. Oh. Yeah. Horrible. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. Well, we wish you the best. Bike racing, innit? Bike yeah. racing. Cycling. All right, Pete. Yeah. Cycling. Legends. Okay. Right. Bit of religion, bit of uh, breakaway management, bit of bad weather, bit of this, bit of that, bit of tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye, Pete. Bye, guys. Bye, Peter. Bye.